Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. This story of the uh, the lost sub is so scary to me. Such a nightmare. I don't even know I could uh, consume a sub today right. as a as lunch. No, <laughs> no. Uh, it, it really, I can't think of a story in the in the past some time uh, where the thought of these five people are in the dark down there at the bottom of the ocean and have been lost, no contact since Sunday. They had very little food in there, very little water. There's very little room. It's this submersible thing called the Titan, and it. Uh, you know, goes down four kilometers, 13,000 feet to where the Titanic sits. And uh, the dive takes about two hours for them to get down to the wreckage. So from the last time anybody spoke to them or had any kind of communication, it would have been close to the end of its descent when it lost contact. Now, I, I don't understand. If it's down near the Titanic... I mean, they've taken those 3D image photos of it and all that. Like, how can they not find it if it's down around it, unless it veered off somehow by mistake? Well, from what I understand in reading about this today, this thing is incredibly basic, mm. right? Like, there's there's one button inside of it and a, and a Logitech controller, which is a PlayStation copy Crazy, that right? they run it on. It, it literally... Like playing a video game, you press forward, it goes forward, and you steer using the joystick. And and that's how they run this thing. It also doesn't have communication right back up to the ship. No. It can only receive, uh, send and receive text messages when the um, mothership is directly above it. So when it veers off of path, and it doesn't have GPS on it, they, it, they steer it. From the top, basically. Why would they not have equipped it with all this stuff? Yeah, I guess that's weight, that's technology, that's expense. Yes. Um, you know, it it does have, you know, it's made of carbon fiber and titanium. It can withstand all of the pressures, uh, the millions of pounds of pressure that it feels on the ocean floor. But uh, it doesn't have an escape pod. There's no bathroom in this thing. No. It looks like the size of a two-man pop-up tent. Yeah, because I guess in the grand scheme of things, if it's a couple of hours down and then kind of floating around the Titanic, you're, you're probably in there, supposed to maybe be only in there like six hours or something. No, I, I think it takes more hours. I think it's like eight hours to get down to it or something Well, it like says that. here it generally takes about two hours for them to get down to the Oh, place. all right. Well, there you go. And they, they were lost about an hour and 45 minutes into the mission. Right. Now, the air supply is obviously... Um, you know, what's at stake here. And they mm. say anywhere between 70 and max 96 hours of air. And I would imagine there's probably a couple of people hyperventilating down there too. So oh, panic must uh, be unbelievable. It's gotta be crazy. This is, this is movie worthy. This is, we're talking last week about these scare thrillers that you happen, that, that you see in these reality type thrillers mm. of movies. And one of them, I think it's called like Tower or something like that. Two girls that are stuck on top of a communications tower. Mm. This is that similar type of uh, feeling where it's just going to scare you right to the bone. And it's 250 grand a pop. This thing has only gone down like two or three times. A few years back, they, they had a successful mission and it went down, down. Then they tried it again and it had uh, lost communication again for a couple of hours but they were able to uh, reconnect i don't know at 250 grand i think 
that I would have had I been any of these people who had this opportunity. I'd be like, I'm going to wait a few more years until they've done a few more test runs on this bad boy. Because really, out of two runs, one was good. The second one had problems. Right. Now you're the third. Right. And apparently, that you know, because of sea and weather conditions... It, this might have been the only trip it could have had this year. Wow. But I mean, I mean, this you know, Hamish, the the billionaire that's that's on it, the the British billionaire mm-hmm. is a guy who's already been on Blue Origin, the uh, Jeff Bezos rocket to the edge of space. He's got the money and he likes to do these adventurous type things. And I guess when you're a billionaire, just you know. Going on a an amusement park ride isn't enough. For no, you no, it's not. And yeah, I think that if there's people who uh, like him and and the others, uh, the French Navy commander, there's a Titanic expert. These are people who want to be hands on in everything they do. Right. right? They want the full. I feel so bad for this, these um, businessman and his 19 year old son. Pakistani businessman. Yeah. yeah. So they got a family up top, thinking they've lost both the dad and the son. Right. Yeah, and, and the British billionaire, he has a wife and two kids as well. And and, and unlike, you know, Bond movies, mm. there's no easy way to send something down, grab it, and bring it back up. Uh, this is all talking about state-of-the-art type rescue stuff right. and done on a clock that is incredibly tight. Yeah, I mean, if they do somehow save them and bring them all up, it'll be like Chuck Norris and missing in action when we're pulling the Viet Cong, the U.S. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, just the thoughts of it in my head of what's going on inside of that sub. As you said, no bathrooms, so obviously they're out of just sheer panic, probably pooping themselves, and there's no food, and it's tight, and it's chaos, and you probably every every now and then, if, if they're even still alive, one of them has to you know, start freaking out, and then yeah. the others have to calm them down. And, I ju- it would and there's be no space. Like, you can't stand no. up in this thing. No, you're just sitting there, tied in the dark. Yeah. Oh, oh. I could poop myself right now thinking about it. I, I just feel absolutely so terrible for them. So we will, uh, we will wait and see what happens here. Uh, time is, as Lucky said, the clock is ticking rather quickly. And in some ways, you kind of hope maybe they, they just passed away. Like something happened so quickly that it ended. Right. Because to be trapped in there and die slowly? Yeah. I mean, we went in one, uh, I think it was like the Cayman Islands or something like that. It's a sub that goes about 30 feet down mm. <laughs> and just looks at a couple of fish and yeah. comes back. <laughs> if I was stuck in that <laughs> for, for 20 minutes, I think, it, like yeah. if it had bottomed out, no power for 20 minutes, I think I'd be in sheer pan. Oh, yeah. What was, the, what was the ride at Disney World? Was it a Pirates of the Caribbean where they went down under the water a right, little bit, too? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, no, I, I can't do it. The whole in, uh, underwater, uh, the space travel, maybe I could deal. But even, listen, I don't even want to go on a cruise ship. I don't even want to be on top of water. Yeah. It's all too much well, for me. And then the eeriness of it being the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh. a, a ship tied to tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Not a good part of the ocean. Anyhow, we will uh, keep you updated. If we hear anything, we certainly will share it with you right away. Do you share all of your secrets with your spouse? Most people, when they talk about keeping secrets, I think the one person you'd probably want to keep most of them from is your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's just between me and the hider. Right. Um, but they, most people say that their spouse or partner knows the largest number of their secrets. Yeah. Then friends. Some claim they don't have any secrets. Sure. Okay. Saintly 
Um, but this is interesting. Uh, when you break it down, uh, men and women, most men say their partner, but women say uh, their child. What, knows more of their secrets? Yeah, no, maybe as you age. Like, I'm, I'm sure you're not sharing horrible secrets with your seven-year-old, but mm. maybe they're speaking of women who have adult children now, and they go to them with problems or gotcha. looking for advice right. from a younger generation because maybe you think they, they, you know, they know some more things. What if it's secrets or skeletons or both? Right. Yeah. Keeping the skeletons in the closet, I think, is very important. <laughs> well, uh, they're skeletons. It means they're dead. Right. Yeah. It's over. The things of the past. It happened. Yeah. It happened a long time ago. Uh-huh. I'll carry it to my grave, but nobody else needs to know. <laughs> and I'm pretty open about sharing things, but there certainly there are some things you should probably just keep buried. Mm-hmm. And I would guess that Maria... I would think that she probably knows most of my secrets. I mean, she's been probably a part of a lot of them. <laughs> she's seen me do some stupid things. Uh, but I don't know that I... I think, well, I think as men, maybe, we want to try to come across as you know confident and we got it all together and everything is good. So I, I don't know that I would always run to Maria with a problem. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I think I try to solve it myself. I generally try and solve my own problems. Yeah. You I know, think we're guilty of trying to solve their problems uh, as well. Yes. Right. When we listen. <laughs> <laughs> right. If they don't want them solved, then we tune it out. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I would think probably, I would say for a lot of people, the secret is smoking. Um, mm. And whether or not they are still smoking and trying to keep that a secret, right. or they did smoke in the past and they're trying to keep that a secret. It's a it's a funny one that you bring it up because I was a smoker probably into my early thirties, I think, and um, I did smoke around my children. I mean, I didn't smoke in the house, I didn't smoke in the car, but if I was outside and they were around, I'd have a cigarette and I would say to them, "This is a great learning curve, and this is an opportunity to say to my children, look." Your father grew up in a time where, yes, cigarettes were seen as, were just starting to seem as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we always knew they were bad, but they were very common. Now we know that they're absolute killers and they're no good for you, of course, and it would be ridiculous for anybody to start. Uh, but I would say to them, I was dumb and I started when I was young and I'm trying to give them up. Yeah, they don't understand the addictive side of it. No. It would be tough for them to probably comprehend that. Yeah. But it is, I think, more ridiculous when you're running around and pretending. I had an uncle the same way. He smoked like a chimney. Yeah. I mean, you could see it coming out of his ears. But he'd go running behind. How he ran, I don't know. But he, he'd go running behind a tree to have a dart so his two daughters wouldn't see yeah. it. They knew all along. Yeah. What is that? What is that smell? Yeah. It's just permeating the house all the time. Why is it always smelling like you're on fire, Dad? <laughs> so that is a... And, is, and of course, then when you talk about addiction, certainly a lot of people try to hide our, our drinking. Right. Uh, I don't. Right. No. Very open about it. <laughs> I want everybody to be aware that I'm aware. Yes. I know it. <laughs> I just haven't decided it's time to give it up yet. So anyhow. Yeah. Other than that, I, I don't... Uh, I mean, you know... I don't... 
is there anything? Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be a couple of things I never shared with Maria. But right. I just can't remember now. And again, skeletons. So why would <laughs> I have? You suppressed those. Yeah. <laughs> like even some of the things I did this week while she was away. <laughs> She'll never know. Uh, Hotels.com decided to uh, release its first ever room service report to include a list of the most unusual room service requests. Uh-oh. Top of the list, diet water. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, maybe some people think the carbonated water, the bubbly stuff, maybe they think that's, that's that, diet uh, water. Yeah. Or no, maybe they think that's the, the fattier one. Oh. They want the flat, maybe, yeah. for, yeah. The, for the diet. To say, hey, you got to tap. That's right. Uh, melted ice cream. Somebody wanted melted ice cream. Ice cream's too hard, too cold? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Blowfish. What? Blowfish. That has to be code or something. <laughs> that, that can't mean actually blowfish. To eat? I don't know what you're doing with it. around? I don't know what's going on. Boiled bottled water. Oh. No egg white omelet. No egg, egg white omelet. I guess they just want the uh, the white. All right. No yolk. Or maybe it's they want no egg whites, just yolk. Oh, maybe. No egg white omelet. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe they just want the yolk. Wow. I don't know. Rice bowl for a dog. <laughs> Bison. All right. I mean, much like the blowfish, I believe that's code. Right. Looking for some... Uh, you want some meat. Want some bison? We'll have your meat delivery up there shortly. <laughs> it is... Uh, I always enjoy when I check into a hotel to look at the mini bar. Just... I mean, I never touch it. I'm so afraid of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. When, when the kids were young and we'd check into a hotel, it would be my first rule. Do not it. open that fridge. <laughs> it's just, even opening it can cost you. Yeah. Well, and there's always, uh, you know, like they give you, sometimes, most places now give you a, a couple of bottles of water in the room. Right. But then there's, like, the more expensive water you can upgrade to and pay for. Yeah, for seventeen ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from that. Still don't understand why they offer the porn in hotel rooms on the TV when we've all got it on our laptop. Right. You know. Well, I, I guess uh, because Wi-Fi isn't always free at the hotels. Right, right, that's true. I, uh, in the past, when I would check into a hotel room, I'd have to always order up a, a Disney flick just to cleanse myself because it'd be between Boo Baniac and Night Nurse 3. Four Isn't times. That a backwards theory, though? I mean, whoever's looking at, at that summary of yeah. your bill is yeah. going, what the hell is Mickey Goes <laughs> to Marine Land about? Like, why, why is that mixed yeah. in? Did they have children in the room? When they were watching all these other things? Kids look away. 18 hours of porn, 60 minutes of Mickey Goes to College. <laughs> I didn't realize that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and I had so much in common. <laughs> Both from a physical, I was at one time the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Yes, right. Uh, my my years in football and, and uh, wrestling. Yes, your father's successful career that uh, that's right. you adopted. That's right. That's right. It's exactly the same Followed story. Followed in his footsteps. And on uh, Father's Day yesterday, we were talking about Father's Day, having come and gone. This is my first year without my dad and uh, how I, I think I'm dealing with it. Um, and one of the things I said 
many times when talking about losing a family member or a friend to somebody is that uh, if you're on the right ground with them, when you don't have any kind of leftover stuff that you didn't clear up, um, you know, you uh, you got the drama behind you, then you can go through your mourning period and uh, come out of it maybe a little quicker or easier than having regrets that you didn't patch things up. And The Rock really regrets not patching up a huge fight he had with his dad just uh his dad died three weeks after they had this huge fight and he just wish wishes every day every father's day that he could say happy father's day i love you um he just says to you guys out there if your old man is still around consider it a blessing even if you and your dad are working through some complicated stuff so i think that is very important and that is yet the other thing the rock and i have in common (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we should write a book together. Yeah, oh yeah, twins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very much, <laughs> very much a Devito Schwarzenegger situation. I could star in that movie with him. Uh, Johnny Goodman, uh, he lost two hundred pounds. He was tipping four hundred bills at one point. That's not just Roseanne. No, no, no. <laughs> the whole cast down her. Um, he got really serious about his health, health in two thousand and seven. He was tipping the scales at 400 pounds. He does now a lot of walking, gets 10,000 to 12,000 steps in a day, uh, follows a Mediterranean-style diet comprised mainly of fish, olive oil, nuts, fruits, and vegetables. And he said, you know, when I was a younger man, I would take three months and I would lose 60 or 70 pounds and then reward myself with more beer and pizza. So he just put the weight back on. But he says, I just can't afford to sit still anymore. got to keep moving. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if that makes me sad that, you know, I'm at the same weight as John Goodman. <laughs> Probably a couple of bills over, a couple a couple of pounds over what I should be at. Mm-hmm. Or happy in the fact that someone lost 200 pounds and got to what my weight essentially is. Yeah, well, look, he's a pretty tall guy. No, you're 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 tall enough. You're taller than me. I'm 5'9". 5'11". You're 5'11". He, I think he's like 6. He's a pretty tall guy. All right. Um... And so he could carry that weight a little more. It is funny, too, when you see somebody who's lost so much weight. The first thing you think is, are they sick? Right. They just look. Yeah. Phil Mickelson is that way for many, right? He's a guy who's one of, just because in that sport in golf, Mm. he was one of the guys who was considered bigger and not one of, in in the time when Tiger came along and everyone was working out and getting fit, Phil didn't seem that way. Right. And then now he's lost a lot of weight and gotten fit and everyone thinks, oh, he must be sick. You can see it in her neck and such, yeah. Adele loves to share. She loves to share everything, and she's on stage in Vegas, and she uh, recently decided uh, during the middle of the show to say, you know, I wear Spanx up here. I sweat a lot, and it doesn't go anywhere, so I basically I'm just sitting here in my own sweat. (laughs) So my doctor gave me jock itch cream. I have to squirt it on myself. Wow. You think somebody of Adele's stature would have somebody to squirt her jock itch cream? Well, that's, that's intimate. Yeah. Well, listen, was it to the Stevie Nicks who used to have somebody blowing? That's true. (laughs) Who had that job? (laughs) I want to be Key Grip. I want to be Key Grip. No, go get a straw. (laughs) Stevie's calling. I don't know if that's a true story. I think it's one of those urban legends. Right. It's like the Richard Gere. Yeah. (laughs) German. The Germans. (laughs) Um. Anyhow, then she realized quickly, why am I sharing this with you? And then she went on to admit that her boobs were sweaty. Wow. She's just letting you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think she has a lot of almost stage fright mm. where she just opens up. She keeps talking. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about somebody who lost a ton of weight. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Well. 
She really did. She um, had the surgery, I think, though, too, she? right? Yeah. Yeah. There's that other British actress, the blonde one. She was quite big, and she's very thin now, too. I think she also had the liposuction. Oh, Rumor Wilson. Yes. Time, that's yeah. It. Yeah. Um, you could purchase a bidet used by Jay-Z and Beyonce. Okay. And if that's something you're into. Yeah. I mean, that's getting intimate, too. Mm-hmm. Have you ever sat on a bidet? I don't think I ever have, actually. It's I nice think feeling. I would remember if I had. Yeah. Well, and I don't remember, remember doing that. It's, it's an odd feeling, but a nice feeling. Yeah. So good cleaning out there. Okay. Would you ever go do a coffee enema? Uh, no. No? I don't think so. All right. On the next Rock Your Block. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone on their block wants me doing that on their block. That's our next, that's our next prize for the family. Get a coffee enema company coming I mean, in. You know, to be honest, I don't need it. Teddy's sandwich usually clears me out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, stag family. Guess what's happening after breakfast? Everybody bend over. Uh, so yeah, the current bid's twenty four hundred bucks on this bidet. It's from a house they rented. They didn't even own the bidet. Oh, they just used the bidet as one does. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I mean, I'm not really up to speed on my bidets, but you're not really touching anything with the bidet other than just the handle to turn it on, right? Yeah, it's like it's like a toilet bowl it's with just water seat. that's run through it. Yeah, you, you get some of them. Well, the one I sat on didn't have a seat. It was just kind of the rim of like a toilet bowl. Right. And then it's just got the, 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 the nozzle or the tap in the middle pointing up, and it just gives you like, I don't know, you can probably adjust the uh, strength that you want. Yeah. You, know, you don't want Niagara Falls blowing up there. Like the extent of my bidet knowledge comes from Crocodile Dundee. In the original movie. I don't know. Did he use a bidet? <laughs> he was trying to figure out what the hell it was, yeah. Well, I mean, some of us have the portable shower head, like to get in there and give her a rinse. Right, yes. That's kind of similar. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's all I've heard. <laughs> Otherwise, you're in the shower and you're doing the butts, you know, the, the butt pull. You know, the arch. We're on radio. You don't actually have to do the physical movements when describing it. it. You're, you're giving me images here that will cause nightmares for years to come. you got to bend your legs, arch the back. <laughs> Put your leg down. I look. I end up looking like Kim Kardashian in that photo when she had the champagne on her butt. <laughs> Yeah, that took oh. me in the shower. Uh, <laughs> all right, finally, celebrities that we could imagine being serial killers. All right, top of the list, Jared Leto. And somebody said he's the type who would say some sort of pretentious crap during the kill. Right. Like, I just released your soul from its confines of this wicked flesh so that you can be reborn anew. The Property Brothers. People believe the Property Brothers could be serial killers. Really? New floors, don't pull them up. It's like a Menendez thing. Right. Tom Cruise. Oh, for sure Tom Cruise could be a serial killer. Think so? Oh, with those crazy eyes and the jumping around. He's a lunatic. <laughs> He's a flipping lunatic. <laughs> Do you know, when when he was doing all the crazy, crazy uh, around the time of uh, the Oprah interview, it is said that his best friend or a family member had been his PR person. Okay. And they had quit. And they, there was nobody who could rein him in. Right. Like he needs people around him to rein him in, or he goes cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs very quickly. Hmm. Uh, Christian Bale even said that he watched a lot of Tom Cruise interviews while preparing for American Psycho. Really? Kevin Spacey. Right, yeah. Foxes would definitely be involved. Mm, oh, seven. Yeah. God, but I was thinking Kaiser Soze. Well, same, yeah. I fear nobody. I, fe was I, I don't fear God, but I fear Kaiser Soze. Yeah.
Um, yeah, I, I, Lorianne was saying Seven's going to be made into a Netflix show. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that would be that would be good. Another dark timeline coming. Ellen DeGeneres. People believe she could be a serial killer. <laughs> Just look into those cold, dead eyes and tell me she hasn't tasted human flesh. Somebody wrote in before Steve Buscemi. That's great. One. And that's a great one. And he played a serial killer in Con Air, too. Right. Right. Yeah, he's got that look. Right. Yeah, somebody else said uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, I guess. Well, that voice. True. I will kill you now. Mm-hmm. I'm Jack Bauer. Jada Pinkett Smith. Will Smith knows what she's done and who she's killed and knows that he'll be the first target if he steps out of line. And Quentin Tarantino. People believe he'd keep feet as mementos. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's got a real look to it. And that now that we know that fetish is out there, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And finally on the list, O.J. Simpson. Although it's not really fair because he's already got a two-person head start. Oh, no. Are you out there looking for a, a new gig? you looking at uh, online uh, job ads? Well, some uh, people in the business, some experts in the uh, recruiting game, said there are certain uh, red flags, things you should keep an eye out. So if the ad says fast-paced environment, that usually means absolute chaos, no one in charge. <laughs> I mean, I've heard in the past that there are employees that look for uh, you know people who have worked at McDonald's before mm-hmm. because they know when they have worked there, one, they've been trained properly mm-hmm. and they've been vetted to, to get in there. It's not an easy process necessarily. Nope, true. And that when you work, especially at a busy one, you really are working and there's discipline. Involved yeah, in you're, you're hustling. Uh, if they use the term rock star, they don't explain outside of that, but I, I have a bit of an example about that. Years and years ago, uh, I don't know how old I would have been, a teenager, I'm assuming, um, I saw this ad in the paper for some job that if you love the rock star lifestyle, and I said right away, well, who doesn't? You know, what's involved in this job? Oh, they had you. They had me. So I call this number, and this guy says, uh, yeah, come on in tomorrow morning. We've got uh, we got a few people coming in. Come and see us. So I go to this office in this kind of industrial complex in Brampton, and I, I'm, I'm pulling up to the place, and I hear, like, Black Sabbath crank. <laughs> And it's like 7.30 on a Tuesday morning or something. So I'm I, I, counting down the unit numbers, and there we are. It's on 14, and I, I open the door, and there's just this little shabby, nothing-paneled wall office with a stereo, and it's cranked, and there's like four other loser dudes like me <laughs> sitting there. Who loves the rock star lifestyle. You know, we're living it. Look at us. <laughs> So the back of this little unit, this little office, a door opens, and this 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 greasy dude comes in, and and he's got a big white panel van in the back, and they're literally got music cranked in that as well, and they want us to sell suitcases door to door. Suitcases? This not is not even stereo. No, this is suitcases. Wow. So they they took us out. This one day they took us out. We all got like a carry-on and a full case. And this might have been even before good wheels, so you're carrying them. And they dropped me off in a neighborhood with like some business cards and, and a speech. You know, wow. one page, a one-pager on how these are the greatest suitcases ever. Yeah. And I knocked on, I want to say six doors. 
Five of them didn't even answer. Because, again, it's like a Tuesday morning at 8.30 now. People have gone to work. Right. Great time to try to sell a suitcase. <laughs> I literally knocked at, like, six doors, got so frustrated, dropped the suitcases on the sidewalk, and walked home. <laughs> they were going to come back and get me, like, around noon. Uh, I'm sure that probably happened a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was me. For... Usually, uh, well, it's earlier than this in the season, but there's, like, the, the people that are doing yard care and lawn mm-hmm. care and, and, and some of them who will, like, you know, aerate and punch your lawn for yeah. you. And I, I remember driving along and I saw, like, a little bit of the outskirts, but a boulevard with about 15 of these machines lined up where yeah. they were doing like the, the one hour of training. Yeah. <laughs> and some of these were dragging people along. Oh, with yeah. The type of job like that Evan would eventually get or something, yeah. you know, at last. Uh, well, and the type of job, to be honest, I wouldn't mind him having yeah. for a day or two. It just, you know, you got to see what it's like. you yeah. got to know what you don't want later yeah. on, right? Well, it's it's very true. Yeah, you'll see those guys, too. Like, the um, I had a dude come and knock on my door a little while back, and he's got a cigarette dangling from his mouth. He's like, hey, we're just, uh, we're just paving the driveway up the street here. Yeah. We could do yours right now for cash. I don't know. There's something. It is shifty. Right. I don't know. Right. It's, it's all just shifty. Anyhow, uh, other things you should avoid. Red flags when looking for a job. Salary to be discussed. That means... Uh, Every time you uh, go for a job where the salary isn't disclosed up front in the interview, it's going to always severely underpay. Yeah, normally if it pays really well, they let you know that up front. Yeah. Because that attracts good people. Well, for sure. I mean, I always hate that thing, too. Like, what are you looking for? Yeah. Because I always thought all these years I was going to undercut myself horribly. Yeah. Oh, we were willing to pay you a buck ten, but if you only want 30. Now I ask for way more. Yeah. And they say no. But you always should. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you you always should. There's a great moment in a, a film called Lost in America with Albert Brooks where he's uh, got an interview the next morning and he's sitting with his wife. And uh, is it Lost in America? It doesn't really matter. It's an Albert Brooks movie. He only made so many of them. They were all, all great. Anyhow, he uh, he's, he's sitting having dinner with his wife and he's got this job interview in the morning and he gets his wife to go through the drill with him on how he should demand the salary he expects. And she's frustrated because they've done this a hundred times already. <laughs> he's like, one more time, babe, one more time before the interview. And so she plays the manager, and he goes, uh, okay, the job pays 75 And Albert Brooke goes, no, I need 85 I can't go any less than 85 And he's really confident. Then it cuts fast-forwards to the job interview. Job pays 45 too. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, other things, uh, must have a bubbly personality. Uh, I don't, it doesn't explain why that, what that means. Okay. Uh, unique challenges means constant train wreck. <laughs> uh, extremely short or empty job descriptions means you'll wear a lot of hats. Okay. So just some of the things you should look forward to. Right. Or look, uh, avoid those red flags. And if anybody asks you to sell suitcases door to door, you tell them Craig, you said no. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.